Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad that you guys all made it here this morning. I was hearing about all kinds of people getting sick this week, and it just seemed like every day more people were dropping like flies. So I wondered if anybody would be here this morning. So I'm glad that this is how many people we have with strong immune systems, and I'm glad that the tough ones toughed it out to come this morning. Um, I want to let you know about one quick announcement. Um, our church constitution asks us to hand out a budget um, two weeks prior to our annual business meeting. So those budgets will be available for you in the foyer following the service today. The ushers will be there and have those for you. And then our annual ministry celebration will be on January 15th. So if you're a member, we would um, love for you to be there to join us. And then we'll celebrate all that God has done this year. Okay. Um, how many of you guys have garages? If you have a garage, raise your hand. And all of you people who don't have garages lustfully look at these people like, man, I wish I had a garage. Like, I wouldn't have to brush off my car. I could get so many projects done. I need so much more storage. Well, let me let you in on a little bit of a secret. There was a survey done recently, and they found that over half the people that built garages with the intentions of putting their cars in their garage have never actually put their cars in the garage because there's no room for their car in the garage because they have so much stuff in their garage. And I have to confess, I'm one of those people. I didn't actually, I didn't build a garage, but I, I bought a house that had one and I kind of rebuilt most of it. And um, I didn't really intend to put my, my vehicles in my garage because I have kids. So I have tons of stuff. I have bikes and sports stuff and toys and tools and snowblowers and all the stuff that you need for life jammed in my garage, and so I don't really have room to put my vehicle in there. I probably could if I wanted to, but I don't really currently have room to do that. And in this study, they said that most of these people intend to clean out their garage so that eventually they could fit their cars in there, but the likelihood of that happening is very, very small. They said the only way that most Americans will be able to fit their cars in their garage is if they buy micro cars, which is also probably not going to happen. So most people are never going to put their cars in their garage. When I read this article, I got a little concerned that maybe our garage reflects our spiritual life. Like we have this life that we intended for God to be the central thing in our life, but all this stuff, all this clutter just kind of makes its way in and before we know it, we don't really have much room for Jesus in our life. And I wonder if our, the conclusion to this article that said the only way that people are going to be able to fit their cars in their garage is if they buy a micro car. I wonder if that's true of our spiritual lives too. If the only way there's really room for Jesus in our life is if it's a small micro Jesus. There's not really much room for our life because of all the stuff that we have going on in our life. I think this season is a pretty good example of this. And I hope you know that I'm not against presents or going and cutting down a Christmas tree or elf on a shelf or ice and cookies or any of that stuff or family time. I think all that stuff can be really, really great stuff. And we do all that stuff too. But I get concerned that in adding all of this stuff to our life, we've taken this season that was intended to be a season to honor Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who came and put on flesh to make a way for us to be in relationship with him. I wonder if he's gotten pushed to the outside of our life. 
This morning, I want to share with you seven ways that we can make room for Jesus in our life in this holiday season. I asked the ushers to hand out um, some of these little cards. If you didn't get a card, you can just raise your hands and the ushers will get you a card. And you could use a pen too, and the ushers have pens too. So if anybody doesn't have one, you can just keep your hand raised and they'll get one to you. This morning, what I want to do is um, I want to take this card and what I'm going to have you do is we go throughout this message where I talk about seven ways that we can make room for our life in this holiday season for Jesus. What I want to do is I want to ask you to pick one. It would be easy to just look at all seven and say, all seven are great, I'm going to try and do those things, but I want you to be more specific than that. I want you to pick one thing that you can do in this holiday season to say, Jesus, I'm doing this to make room for you in my life. And I want you to write that down on the card. And on the back of the card, when the time is right in the message, I'm going to ask you to write down a sin or something that's been separating you, something you've been carrying through life and you want to be free from that and you want to receive forgiveness from that sin, I want you to write that on the back of the card. And at the end of the service, I'm going to make a time for you guys to come up to one of these trees and there's these trees that have all these nails and you can take them and you can place it right on there as just a sign to say, God, I'm leaving this sin behind today and I'm going to do this thing in this season to make room for you in my life, because you're important. And I hope this morning that you guys will join me in pushing past just the surface level, like, oh, I really should do that. I should make room for Jesus, or I would be better if I did that. I'm hoping you guys will push past that surface level and realize that if we encounter Jesus, if we experience Jesus, it will, he will reprioritize everything in our life we won't have to do this, I should make room for Jesus thing anymore. We'll be so infatuated with him that we'll be making room for him all the time. We'll have to find time in our schedule to go to work. We'll have to find time in our schedule to do all these other things that have seemed like such a big deal in this season because when we experience him, we will fall in love with him. Amen? So the first way that I want to ask you or offer up to you as a way to make room for Jesus in your life is to make room, for, room in your schedule for him. Our family, um, during the month of December, has been trying to get together every night and go through an Advent calendar where we read Scripture and look at um, the story of Jesus and the prophecies and all this stuff to, as something that we're, we've been doing to make room for him in our, in our life in this season. And we got done, I think it was last Saturday, we were doing this every night, we were trying to get together with the girls and do that. Last Saturday, we got done with it, and April wanted to go over the schedule for the week and make sure we were all on the same page and we had a lot of stuff to do and so she was going over the schedule with us for the week like she was like a coach in a huddle like telling us everything everywhere we needed to be and the stuff we needed to do and we had this week was insane we had I think we had three basketball games I think we had three kids babysitting in multiple locations at different times we had two chorus concerts in two different towns on the same night and a basketball game I had multiple work meetings that I needed to be at. We had multiple Christmas parties that we had to be at. Like, this week was nuts. Like, it was crazy from start to finish. It was just a week that was packed full of stuff. April got done going over the schedule with us, and Jocelyn and I kind of looked at each other, and it was like, sheesh, we were tired before the week even started. Before we even did all this stuff, we were overwhelmed by all that had to happen in, the, in this week. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff. I understand the busyness of our schedules. But if our schedule doesn't have room for Jesus, 
then there's a problem with our schedule. And our schedule needs to change. Our schedule has to have room for Jesus. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. If you're feeling far from God, I want to, if you feel like there's not a lot of room for God in your schedule, I want to encourage you to just be still for a little bit. There's something important that happens in being still. When we're still, in that time when we're being still and just setting aside time to be still and not do anything else, who Jesus is becomes much more clear. If you're foggy on who Jesus is, if you feel like you've got more questions in your life than you have answers right now, I want to encourage you to take some time and be still and focus on Jesus. Eugene Peterson wrote the Message Bible, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. It's like a modern paraphrase. And he, I love how he wrote this scripture. He said, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything else. Such an awesome picture to pull the car of your life over and just take a breather for a second and look at God. April and I were driving through this super uh, scenic, like beautiful area, and we were trying to get to this place that we were going to, and we were kind of in a hurry. We were trying to get there to check in by the time we were supposed to, but the area we were driving through was just beautiful, but I wasn't even hardly paying much attention to it because I was just like, you know, weaving in and out of traffic and trying to get by people that were driving slow and trying to get where we were going, and I was just focused on where I needed to get, so much so that I was driving through a beautiful area and wasn't even hardly paying attention to it. And April asked me to pull over, and I was kind of thinking like, well, we don't really have time to pull over, like we've got to get where we're going, but I did. So we pulled over and just looked, and I like realized I could have missed this beautiful view. There was so much amazing stuff I could have missed because I was in such a hurry to get where I was going, to get stuff done that I could have missed what was beautiful around me. And I wonder if we're like that with the Lord sometimes in this season, where we're so busy, we're so on the go that we don't take time to be still and just be in his presence and let who he is reflect onto us. If Jesus is the priority in our life, then we will prioritize him. We'll start to say things like, you know what, I'm going to church on Sunday morning and I don't care what anyone else schedules, I don't care who we offend, I don't care what else is going on, I'm prioritizing that because it's important. Maybe you set up a time to do devotions with your family or something, and you say, you know what, like, I don't care if the kids get invited somewhere else, I don't care what else is going on, this is important, and because it's important, I'm going to prioritize it. If we want to make room for, our, for God in the holiday season, we need to look at our schedule and make time for him in our schedule. The second thing that we can do is we can make room for God's word every day. Make room for God's word every day. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Psalm 119.105 says, the word, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word of God is literally a guide for our life. It's the map for our life. If you're running through life without a map, 
you're going to get all kinds of lost. And I think that's where we oftentimes are a lot of times is we're going through life lost because we don't take the time to spend time in his word every day. The famous British preacher Charles Spurgeon was famous for saying, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. If you don't want your life to be a wreck, if you don't want your life to be falling apart, then we need to prioritize spending time in God's word daily. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, how did he come against that temptation? How did he fight that temptation? He fought that temptation with scripture. And there will be times in your life that the enemy will come into your life to attack you, to try and take you down, and you're not going to have time to go find your Bible. There will be times he will come and attack you and you won't have time to Google an encouraging scripture. There's going to be times where you better be locked and loaded, ready to go, ready to fight in that moment. And the way that we do that is by staying in his word daily. How many times have you had a situation come into your life that shook you to your core with fear? In that time, you better have on the tip of your tongue, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a peaceful mind. You better be ready with, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You make a table for me in the presence of my enemies. This is how we fight the temptation that comes against us. And if we want to be able to fight that temptation in the moment when it happens, we'll stay in the word of God. I can remember a time where um, I I got super discouraged. Um, It was like the enemy came in and just sucked the courage right out of me. Like I didn't even feel like I had what I needed to face the day, to face the challenges that I was up against. I can remember sitting with the Lord, and I can remember just simply quietly reciting Scripture. God, you'll never leave me or forsake me. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Do not fear. And these Scriptures in that moment were able to bring me to a place where I had the courage to face what was in front of me. If we want to be able to face the challenges that the enemy brings against us, The way that we do that is by staying in the word daily. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. That means there's a way that looks logical, it makes sense, it seems like the right thing to do, but it leads to death in the end. So how in the world are we supposed to decipher What is the way that actually is right, but what is the way that looks right, but it's going to lead to death in the end? The way that we do that is by staying in the word daily, regularly, making a habit of it, even in times where you don't feel like it, because his word will literally soak into you, and then it will come out of you in a time where you didn't even remember that scripture that was inside of you. It would come out of you, and you can learn how to decipher what is the right way to go, And what is the way that just seems like the right way, but will lead to death? For the month of January, oftentimes we'll do something like this, and we're going to be doing it again this year. We're going to have a reading challenge for you guys to help you get in that discipline of reading the Bible daily. We're going to be going through a number of Psalms through the month of January, and we're going to be doing a series on our body, our soul, 
and our spirit, getting those things in a healthy, good place going into 2023. So we want to invite you to join us. This would be an awesome way to jump off on that, getting in the Word daily. And there's actually booklets in the foyer that you can take with you that will walk through um, the whole month of January going through the book of Psalms. We invite you to join us in that. The third way you can make room for God is make time to reflect on what God has done for you. Every single one of us has a lot to celebrate. Maybe you're going through a really hard December right now. Maybe the holiday season is a tough time for you. Maybe you lost a loved one or went through something challenging in this season. And because of that, it's, it's a challenging time for you. But we still have so much to be grateful for. And we can look back on our life and look through challenging things that God has brought us through. And we can know that if he's brought us through those things in the past, then surely he'll be able to bring us through the challenges we're up against right now. We put together a, a slideshow um, for the adult Christmas party for Pastor Chris and Karen. And in doing that, I looked through some of the pictures at, um, from over the years here at church. And when I was doing that, I actually did this very thing. I was looking through these pictures and I was remembering some of the hard things that this church has gone through over the years. There hasn't been a ton of things, but there's been enough things over the years that were challenging. And I was able to look back at these things and remember walking through those challenges, wondering, like, what is the outcome of that going to be? But now I can look back from today, and I can see that God brought us through those things. He brought us to a stronger place. He brought us to a healthier place. And we can do this in every area of our life. You could do it in your business, in your family, in your marriage. You can look back and see the things that God has brought you through and be grateful that he's brought you through those things to the place that you are today. It's so easy for us to forget. It's like we go through something challenging and we cry out to God and we ask him to bring us through it and then he brings us through it. We get to the other side and it's like, we totally forgot. Like we forgot we even prayed those prayers asking the Lord to bring us through this thing. In the book of Deuteronomy, we can see this a lot. In Deuteronomy 6, 12, it says, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. In Deuteronomy 8, 2, the beginning says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. It's so easy for us to get. And like you can look at the children of Israel and you think like God literally rescued them from slavery. Like he split the sea and they walked through it. Like that is unforgettable. Like how in the world could these guys forget that? Like how? It doesn't even make any sense. But we do it ourselves all the time. I can remember specific people, probably most of you in this room, crying out to God for something specific in your life. And then you get to the other side and you hardly even remember that you prayed and asked God for that. You don't even hardly remember to thank him when he answered the prayer. We do this in our life all the time. If you want God, if you want to make room for God in this season of your life, in this holiday season, we will reflect on the things that he's brought us through and let gratitude swell in our hearts. The fourth thing we can do is be honest with God and others about our failures. This is uh, the other side of the card that I talked about. We're going to write down a sin that we've been struggling with or a place that we failed um, and ask God to forgive us so that we don't have to continue to carry that through our life. 
And if there's no sin that you've been struggling with, you can just write lying on the back of that card because we all have sins we're struggling with. Um, I just had to go to somebody just last week. I had somebody who I had, I had failed this person. I messed up. I didn't handle this person the way that I should have. And I had to go to this person. I had to say, I'm sorry. Like, I messed up. This is what I should have done, and this is what I did. Like, I fell short. I messed up in our relationship, and what I did was wrong, and I want to ask you to forgive me. And I had to humble myself. It was hard, but I had to go to this person. I had to ask for forgiveness. And I had to say, you know, I wish I could go back and change what I did, but I can't. All I can do is try and be who God wants me to be moving forward. Would you be willing to forgive me and not hold it against me anymore? And that person did forgive me. And that's all that Jesus asks us to do in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We don't confess our sins to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And it's really ridiculous that we do that because somehow it's like we act like God doesn't know what we did. Like he knows what we did already. All he's asking us to do is come to him and say, God, I fell short in this area. I messed up. Would you forgive me and help me to not be that person? And when we do that, those of you who have done that know the weight that is lifted off our shoulders. And we're not made to walk through life carrying that weight. I feel like this is actually something that the Catholic Church gets right that we oftentimes don't is confession. It's we're like we're not in the practice of confessing our sins. So we end up just carrying it through life, carrying a weight that we were never meant to carry. So in this season, go to the Lord, go to people who you've wronged, and just ask for forgiveness and say, hey, I don't want to carry this through the holiday season. I don't want there to be space between you and me. Would you forgive me for what I've done? Number five, let God heal your hurts. Some of us are walking through life with broken places in us. Areas that we've been wounded, things we walk through and we got hurt in those things. And sometimes we don't go to God and ask him to heal those places in our life. And sometimes we do go to God and ask him to heal us. And we feel like he healed us. But then later we end up realizing like there's more there. And what happens in that situation is God will heal us to the degree that we're willing to let him into the situation. So whatever level we're willing to let God in, he'll bring healing in that area. But oftentimes there's things that we weren't really ready to let God into. And the way this works out in our life is we'll feel like we dealt with an issue and then we come up against it again and we realize, okay, there's more there. Like maybe you went through a situation, you forgave someone and you feel like you're all good with them. And then you bump into that person, you realize real quick, like, I thought I forgave them, but there's definitely still something there. Like, I still have this hurt or offense, or someone brings up someone's name, and all of a sudden you feel this thing inside, and it's like, whoa, like, I thought I dealt with this, but apparently there's more there that needs to be dealt with. So if you have some area of hurt that you haven't allowed the Lord to come into and heal, then in this season, let him do this. A number of years ago, I harvested a buck. It was actually the first buck I got with my bow. I was super excited, and I'd hunted for, I think that was my second year hunting with a bow. So I got this buck, and I brought it back to my house, and I was going to process it. And so I started uh, pulling, pulling the hide off of it. And I pulled the hide down over the, the back legs, and I looked, and there was like something there. And I was like, that's weird. Like, what is it? Like, normally there should just be 
muscle and meat there. And so I was like looking at it. I was like, what is that? So I started to kind of dig at it with my knife. And I started to kind of get nervous, like, yikes, what am I going to find here? Like, is that, am I going to be able to use this meat? Or is there like an infection there or something? So I was digging and digging. And then I hit something hard. And I was like, that's weird. What's that? So I'm like digging at that thing hard. And all of a sudden, something like falls on the ground. I was like, ding. I'm like, what was that? And I reached down, I pick it up, and it was a muzzleloader bullet. So it was a muzzleloader bullet. So I guess somebody had probably taken maybe a long shot at this buck with a muzzleloader and hit it, and it was enough for the, it was, the bullet was moving fast enough for it to get under the hide, but it couldn't penetrate and do any, any mortal damage to the, the buck, so it kept going. So then I kept pulling the hide down further and further, and then I was pulling the hide down over the front legs, and I saw something there too. And I looked, and it was another muzzleloader bullet. Like this buck, somebody had shot this buck twice with a muzzleloader, probably from a long ways away. And again, the bullet had, it was going fast enough that it could get under the hide and it hit the front shoulder, but it didn't do anything to kill it. And I was thinking about that this week. And I think sometimes a lot of us walk through life with shrapnel from past hurts. Shrapnel from past things that we've gone through, old wounds, and we think it's not really affecting us, but I was a rookie bow hunter, and I took this buck, so clearly it was affecting it. Like, he was moving slow. It was moving slow enough for me to kill it, right? We go through life, and we think those things aren't affecting us, but they are affecting us. They're affecting us, and they're affecting the relationships we have with people around us. We need to let the Lord into those places so that he can come and bring healing. And the thing is, we act like we're asking the Lord to like, do something that's like a chore for him. When we come to him and say, like, God, I've got this like, area of brokenness in me. I need you to heal this area. The thing is, he's already paid the price for that healing. It's his joy and pleasure to bring healing in our life and set us free. And there's not very many things that I think would bring the Lord greater pleasure in this holiday season than taking an area of an old wound, an old hurt in your life, and bringing healing and freedom to you in this season. The sixth thing that we can do is we can go serve somebody else. We become very, very inwardly focused, very self-focused in America in these days. And we do that in an attempt to like make sure that our needs are met and we're taken care of and we're safe and protected and happy and all that stuff. But in the end, when we adopt that mindset, what ends up happening is we end up alone, isolated, and oftentimes miserable. We were designed to be Jesus' hands and feet to the world around us. We were designed to serve. We were designed to minister to people. We were designed to care for people. That's how God made us. Some of you know that I like listening to Dave Ramsey every now and again. Um, I like listening to him yell at people for their financial transgressions. It makes me feel better about myself. Um, so I, love, I love hearing him do that to people. He's closing in on becoming a billionaire, which is pretty crazy. He's not there yet, but he's not too far away. He probably will cross that border in the next five years or something like that. So he has a lot of money, and he could really do anything that he wants to do. Like He could go on any vacation he wanted to. He could afford anything he wants to afford in this life. But he still says the thing that he loves to do the most with his money is give it away. And he gives it away regularly. In fact, a caller called, called him just a couple of weeks ago 
and ask them, like, why are you still working? Like, financially, you could have retired years ago. Like, there's no real reason for you to keep working. There's a team of people to take over your organization and see it move forward successfully. Like, why are you still working? And he said, I love serving people, and I love giving. Like, what else am I going to do? That's the thing that I find the most joy in is giving and serving people. We were designed to be givers. We were designed to serve people. And you know, it's not that I'm asking you to be a giver and a servant because I want you to give to this church and I want to see this church do well financially and I want you to serve here and and see this church do well. It's not really why I'm asking you to do that at all. I'm asking you to be a giver and a servant because I have found in my life that it's in serving that you oftentimes will meet with God in a new and a fresh way. I can meet with God in my prayer time. I can meet with God in worship services here together. But I have met with God in a different way, in a deeper way, in a more impactful way when I've been serving other people. When Sometimes I've met with God. I can remember there was a time a number of years ago where we had services here morning and night and we had a guest minister in town. And we needed, we had needed somebody to clean the church throughout the week. And we had people fill out time slots and they, a bunch of people filled in those time slots to clean the bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. And there were some spots that weren't filled, so I put my name down to fill those spots. And I can remember sitting in the women's bathroom, meeting with God one Tuesday morning while I was cleaning the bathroom in a super, super powerful way. To be honest, I met with God in a more powerful way than I did in any of the services that we had during that week. The services were great, and God moved, and it was great, but... I personally met with God in serving in that place, and I was not even expecting it. Like, I was just like, okay, I'll go get this job done. But it was when I jumped in and served other people that I met with God in a way that was transformational for me. Matthew 5.16 says, "In In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Philippians 2.4 not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another in humility and love. Christmas has been twisted to mean, what can I get? Let Christmas for the body of Christ mean, what can God do through me that would bring glory to him? and bless others? What could God do through me that would bring him glory and would bless others? And the last way, number seven that I want to give you to make room for Jesus in your life in this holiday season is to ask God to show up in a special way for you this Christmas. And when I say that, I don't mean um, to ask God to give you the present that you want, the gift that you want so bad, like God is some weird mix of God and Santa or something like I think oftentimes we make him. But I mean asking God to show up in your life in a way that he is so real and that the encounter you have with him is so powerful that it literally reprioritizes everything in your life. It moves everything in your life. All the things that seemed important all of a sudden don't seem that important when you see how big and how powerful and good and faithful he is. Where can we see an encounter with God like this so we can even kind of know what that looks like. There's actually a bunch of them in the Bible, and I just picked one. This is Isaiah. 
in Isaiah 6 when he encountered God. He said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voice, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Skip to verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Here Isaiah has this encounter with God that's like, crazy. It's like, how do you even explain that? There's angels that show up. The glory of God is so strong. It looks like a robe filling the temple. And then the temple starts to shake. Then smoke fills the temple. And Isaiah looks at himself and he's like, whoa, like I've got sin in my life that needs to be dealt with. And he looks around at his nation. He's like, and my nation is full of sinful people. He says, God, if there's anything that I can do to help serve you in reaching this nation, Sign me up. I'm all in. Isaiah's life is completely reprioritized by this encounter he has with God. All the stuff that he used to do, all of a sudden doesn't matter anymore. And serving God is all that he wants to do with his life. That's what I mean when I say asking God to show up in your life in a special way in this season. So I gave you guys that paper. I had the the ushers hand out that paper. And what I want you to do is I want you to pick one of those seven ways that in this holiday season you can make room for God in your life. I know this week is probably busy and crazy for for each of you. And it might be easy to look at those seven ways and say like, yeah, those all look good. I'll try and do some of those. But I want you to pick one. Just pick one specific way that you can make room for God in your life in this season. And write that down on the front of the card. And on the other side, I want you to write down a sin or something you've been carrying and say, God, I want you to forgive me for this and I want you to set me free. And I'll give you just a moment to do that. Could you just put up those seven seven ways on the screen for me, please? The first one is to make room in your schedule for him. Second one is to make room for God's word every day. The third one, make time to reflect on what God has done for you. Four, be honest with God and others about your failure. Five, let God heal your hurts. Six, go serve someone else. And then seven, ask God to show up in a special way for you this Christmas. Just pick one that you can say, God, I'm going to do this in this holiday season to make room for you. I am busy. I do have a lot going on, but I'm not too busy for you. I want you to be in this holiday season. I want to get so consumed with Santa and presents that I, I miss out on the fact that this, is, this whole season is to celebrate you who came to earth, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. I just want to remind you that there's um, budgets in the, in the foyer 
that you can feel free to take, and the ushers will have those for you. And then when I go ahead and close, you can go ahead and come forward and just take that card and just put it on the tree with the sin facing against the tree and on the outside, the thing that you're going to do in this season to make room for God. Lord, I thank you so much for this day that we could come together. I thank you for everyone who's here that feels well and healthy. And Lord, we pray right now for those people that have been struggling with sickness, and we ask you to meet them right where they're at, Lord, and that they would um, even have an encounter with you even though they're not feeling well. And we ask you to touch them and bring them to complete and total healing. And Lord, we repent for taking this season that was designed to celebrate you and making it about all kinds of other stuff. Lord, for making our lives, our spiritual lives, look like the American garage that's so full of other stuff that it can't even be used for the purpose it was designed for. Our lives were designed to house you, to be a habitation, a place that you could live and dwell. But it gets so full of all this other stuff. Lord, I ask that um, in this season, there would be a bunch of us that would have encounters with you. That as we make room for you, you would come and you would show up and you would meet with us in each of these things. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. So as you leave today, you can come up and leave your card on the tree. Don't forget to um, pick up the reading plan we have in the foyer for the month of January and a budget if you want to check that out. Have a blessed week.